0: Welcome once again to the Howows Speak podcast. uh it's Rick, as always joined by Alex and Paula. uh this week we're talking instruction books, so let me start with a table of contents for the episode this week. uh we're gonna talk about the game smooth <laughs> <Nice. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> right? So we're gonna talk about what we've beaten, retired, and been playing this week. We're then gonna get to said topic um and we're gonna round the episode out um with the brand new format of the game that we all like to call how all long beat to beat the, the, game. Game. the game um and then <laughs> I, we'll have some like credits maybe a couple of notes pages i don't know um yeah, a warranty <laughs> it'll be fine <laughs> yeah yeah hotline <laughs> in case you're like really stuck and you forgot that game fax is a thing <laughs> um i'm trying to think of a way to segue that into somebody's completions and i just it's not happening uh alex go ahead
1: all right uh, a lot of a lot of pick grass. <laughs> I, I think it's finally out of my system. You for a don't bit say now. that. I'm
0: shocked. Yeah, shocked. Right. I tell you.
1: Oh god, I've been so freaking. It's just been. I've been so busy. Like it's this because right now I'm basically doing like a full time job on top of my other actual job. So mm. I'm just a little like you know, and it's a lot of creative stuff, right? Like you know, for those who don't know, I'm teaching, and so I'm doing a lot of lesson planning. And then lesson planning for my evening lesson, uh, evening classes, while also lesson planning for the high school that I teach during the day. And I'm just like, my brain is just shot. And so I need something that's just like, absolutely goddamn mindless, which is actually the theme of all my completions this week (laughs) uh, is complete mindlessness. And so like the first one was the pixel cross adventure. Um, And actually, it's interesting because... This is the one where, you know, it's Picross, but you have like an overworld that you're walking around, you're like solving little puzzles, and like all the Picross puzzles that you solve, the objects like appear in the game as like real objects, uh, little, you know, pixelated objects, and it's really, really clever, um, and really enjoyable. I 100%ed it, because it still gives you like, it's quite clear on where you're missing puzzles, and you know, there's like little quests that go along and items that you'll find in the world to collect things. Um, and the story itself is cute and kind of silly, but I just thought it was a really, it's really well done. There's something quite wonderful about seeing the objects appear after you complete the game because or like the puzzle. Because like, you know, in Picross itself, you, you make it, you take a look at the picture and you're like, okie dokie, and you just kind of vanish, right? But if you're actually exploring this world, and, like, going through it, it's quite fun to see them appear. And on the flip side, one game that I think does this really, 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 really badly is Picto Quest, um, which is fine. And I actually remember I retired the game a long time ago. But it's it's trying to say that it's, like, you know, a quest adventure through Picross. But all it really is is that you're a little guy, a guy or girl with, like, a sword. And you're going from, like... Um, Like module, no, I guess I don't know. Stage to stage, basically, right? There's like a map, but really it's just like little circles that you click on, and then you like fight monsters when you're playing Picross, which is actually just kind of annoying because they'll just like attack you at times and things. And it's like the whole point of Picross is that it's a relaxing, fun experience, not like a put the timer on it. Oh, yeah, like it's just sort of stupid, honestly. Um, and yeah, there's no... And, like, the writing is so bad. It's so bad. It has to be translated. Like, I, I, I just... I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that this was written in English first. Um, mm. Which, look, it's fine. You know, if you're a small team and you're just trying to translate to a lot of languages, that's fine. But when you're also trying to kind of sell yourself as kind of, like, an adventure game with it, maybe try and polish the writing, like, a little bit more, you know? Just, just a little bit. Because it then again it made it super easy to just miss it so it's it's fascinating to me because both of these and i, I think it's funny in the pixel cross adventure one there's like a secret area where you can talk to the developer and at one point he's like at, you ask a question to, it and he's like um <laughs> i love it the question is like um so like why did you mix like an, av- an adventure and he like has this thing where he's like yeah i put adventure game mechanics or, or oh, shit how did it go something where he's like why did I put adventure game mechanics into a puzzle game? He's like, hopefully it makes for a better experience. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean that hopefully is
0: doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence, like the lack of conviction. Right. Jesus. But
1: that's sort of the the point where like he's like making that kind of joke, but I I think the thing though is interesting is that it did work, you know? Like it's one of those things where like as I play it, I'm like, this actually really did work. Like, and this is in the Pixel Cross, not the Picto one. Picto, ah, one. right, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. In Pixel, it really did work, and so like, it actually feels. I'm fun getting my when wife to Yeah, I know. Pick Cross. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I actually would say in that in Pixel Cross Adventure, it really works, whereas in Picto Quest, it doesn't at all. And listen, mm. the quest is still fine. It's Picross whatever, you know. The puzzles are fine. And I actually realized I retired it because it, I got to like the really giant ones and I think when I first played it I was really new at Picross and those uh weren't as fun for me, but I blasted through them mm. now because I've just played it so much that like at this point it just feels like second nature to do these puzzles. Um so anyway, I really recommend the Pixel Cross one. It's along the lines of um that uh that other one that i played a while ago oh god paint by number the murder by numbers one it's it's like oh, okay. it, to me it feels like in the same vein as that one um the makeout league one is like a, a step below and then picto quest is like at the bottom of the barrel i would say like <laughs> you know how eh, you going to do right um anyway so i played those two and then my final mindless game was i played pokemon brilliant diamond um this is such a fucking bad game, but I love it. Like it's, and it's weird, right? Because I, I actually, okay. I feel objectively like it's a bad game. And I, and I'm going to quantify that in the sense that every fucking zone is the same fucking Pokemon. Oh my God. I ran into like a trillion fucking Machops All these fucking Bidoofs, like, it was all the same goddamn Pokemon in, like, every route. It's insane how frequently all these Pokemon repeat. Like, I was losing my goddamn mind. I'm like, why is it these ones again? Why is it always these ones? So I ended up just sticking to, you know, um, like, I. I, to be fair, I had, like, it also, Pokemon is hard because, like, there are such clearly better Pokemon in it. And especially in this one, it's like really obvious what Pokemon are best to use. Um, and so, like, I first picked uh, Chimchar because I think he's really cute, and then also realized he's like so OP. It's unbelievable. Like, Fire and Fighting, I, he just decimates like everything that he walks uh, that that Pokemon fights with. And then I got a you know a Gyarados because I love Gyarados. I got a Gibble because. This cute little land shark, and then turns out to be very fucking strong. <laughs> and then, if you play Pokemon Let's Go, this lady just gives you a Mew, and like I was like, okay, yeah. thanks. So yeah. I just I just got a Mew like really early in the game, like in the second. You
2: play Sorentio, the the guy like right beside her gives you a Girachi.
1: Gives Gosh, you a what? Fuck. I played Sorentio, but I didn't get You Play
2: Sorentio, they give you a Girachi. The the guy right.
1: I'm really um, sorry. I don't know what word
2: you're saying. Left, <laughs> I think
0: of the woman. I think I'll type It's Jirachi. I think it's Juliet, India, Romeo, Alpha, Charlie, Hotel, India.
1: Uh,
2: that
0: one,
1: right? Okay. Oh, 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 this little thing. Okay. Pokemon. Hold on. I don't know that one. It's funny. I played it, but I didn't get it. Oh, oh, those things. Man. The little like fairy things that they made, like those Pokemon after Mew and Mewtwo, they just never looked as good. Celebi was cool, but then after that they all just look kind of the same, you know
0: what I mean? Was there a well, movie because, for Groucho? I remember no. there was one for Celebi, but I've got a clue about I don't think
1: there was yep, one. There's one was there? for
2: Yeah, there's for one for every single mythical, I think.
1: Yeah. Really? It's just not very cool look. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, you you know what I mean? It just anyway. That's just me. But I did think Rayquaza was fucking awesome. Most of the mythical Pokemon look cool, but that one's just meh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, and it's so early, right? Like, they're they're very good Pokemon. <laughs> Especially Mew is just, like, insanely powerful. But this game is, like, what I needed and what I wanted was, like, I was playing, and we'll talk about Arceus in a little bit here, um, and that game is quite good. But it's so, it's, it, th- maybe people will relate to this. It's so odd that, like, Pokemon is so simple that sometimes when all I really want is just, like, a fucking simple, fun, nostalgic type experience. And that's exactly what Brilliant Diamond delivers. Like, it's just honestly, like, yeah, I'm just going to go through. I'm just going to fight a bunch of motherfuckers. I'm going to go to gyms. I'm going to go to the Pokemon League. I'm going to win. And that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And if you're, like, really into Pokemon, there's all this other shit, like the Grand Underground and stuff, which, personally, I don't even want to touch that. Uh, Because, also, if you touch it too early, you overlevel crazy fast, and then the game becomes just, like, real dumb for a while. Um, So, I was just kind of like, I think I'm good. Um, And then it is funny, because I will say, this game is weird, where it's, like, not challenging at all. Until Cynthia, and that's it. Like, it's just, like, that is the one challenge in the entire game, is that fight at the end. And then, obviously, probably post-game shit, but, like, I don't care about post-game Pokemon. I'm not doing that. Um, So, yeah, like, I just, it's so funny, because you get there, and then you're like, all right, and then this is the challenge of the game. Um, And I was like, too bad you couldn't have spread that out a little bit along the actual game itself, but, okay, let's just put it right here. And I actually have to say, I hate when games do this, where it's, like, simple as shit throughout the entire thing and then the last second of a boss is the only part that's like difficult and it's like because what it betrays to me is that the whole game could have had interesting challenge to it um but it's reserved Mm -hmm. for this one section at the very end and that's just so it's so stupid you know like The Pokemon League itself is challenging. And and actually, they're they're fun battles in the end. Like, I actually, for the first time in the entire game, had to strategize about who I was going to use and what moves I'm going to use first. But, like, it would have been nice if I had to do that a little more throughout the game. At least the Pokemon gyms, for Christ's sake. Those gyms are so easy. So, anyway. Right? Right? This game is so broken, too. It's so broken. Like, you, you trash through the game so easily. Ugh. anyway I, I, it's probably brilliant but you know what and this is the funny thing though is that I had a great time
0: <laughs> you know, like... and that's the nostalgia talking you know? that's not the quality of the game it never was exactly. the quality of
1: the game um, yeah. and it's it's also the I also think it's the loop because the loop itself is enjoyable Um, you know going sure. to little places and like it being fairly streamlined it, it is I will also say the chibi art style no it doesn't work with, for the story that they're mm-hmm. trying to tell doesn't work at all Like when you have the team Galactic trying to be all menacing and he's a little chibi dude. Okay. Now when you're just walking around and playing, it works great. Like it looks excellent. Um, the water is gorgeous looking the game itself. I actually think looks better than Arceus does. And then like that sword and shield for sure. Um, in terms of the fidelity because it's simpler. Right. And like, so yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like ultimately Arceus is, I think more artistically interesting and, um, And, uh, you know, special. But in terms of, like, the actual, like, just... What word? Special. Yeah, special. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, no, it is good. I I think it's much better than Brilliant Diamond for sure. But anyway, I just... um, It's like... Because I, I got this on sale when I went to pick up Arceus, actually. It was, like, someone had returned okay. it or some shit. So I didn't pay full price for a brilliant dime because I had no intention of doing that. But I kind of knew, like, part of me was, like, I know if I play it, I'll enjoy it. And it really was, like, a palate cleanser for me. Like, I I sped through this game. Like, I got I beat it in, I think, 25 hours. I think it was the final thing on there, which is, okay. like, that's, like, the lowest amount of time without doing other shit. Like, if you're obsessed with getting all the Pokemon and stuff, yeah, you could spend a lot of time in this game. But I would also ask, like, Why? Um, and so, like, ultimately, (laughs) Fala's like, because!
2: (laughs) (laughs) We don't ask these questions. I'm a maniac. It doesn't count. I didn't count.
1: You are a maniac. But I also understand why you do it, because, again, like I said, this is the perfect game to, like, I've watched all of, like, Euphoria and, like, Our Flag Means Death while doing, uh, playing this game, because it's that kind of game. Like, it's just, you can just tune your fucking head out and play it, which is not really a great selling point right like your game probably shouldn't be something that you don't have to focus on but it's a
0: podcast game to go back to the conversation
1: exactly. we talked about before right so
2: exactly yeah a,
1: yeah a podcast tv game and like like i said if you grew up playing these games you'll have a good time with it but i also just think like coming back to it i was like oh this is definitely one of their weaker games that they've made like in terms of like Pokemon games. Not this remake. I think the people who remade it did a great job. I'm more saying like Diamond and Pearl in general. I think now that I look back on it, I'm like, I think these are kind of shit games um, in the first place.
2: Vladinum like, mm-hmm. did fix a lot of mm-hmm. the issues with Diamond and Pearl, but they didn't use that for the remake. So Yeah, and now well, here we are.
1: So weird, right? Like and again, I know because they want like sell more, right? But to me it just seems like
2: but yeah, I because
1: I'm, I'm like, do, do you really even sell that more? I guess people buy the double pack probably. They must if they're doing it this way. But it, to me, it's just one of those things that it kind of blows my mind when they do this. Because I'm like, if you're going to make a remake of your older games, just make it of the good one, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's baffling that they didn't bother to do it that way. It, it makes no sense.
1: Or even, you know what? Like, I don't even give a shit. Like, call it Diamond and Pearl. And, you know restrict the Pokemon in each of them, but just put all the Platinum shit in there anyway. <laughs> you I was gonna
0: say that's the thing, because there were some like Platinum improvements that straight up didn't make it into the remake, right? Like, that's a thing that happened.
2: Yeah. Right, like... How? Even like How? the... How? <laughs> like, okay, first of all, the Pokemon you usually get on Platinum that aren't on Diamond and Pro were put on the Underground. Yeah. Plus, the other thing they did, or they didn't do really, is to improve the gym. Jim- gym leader battles because yeah, they're
1: so bad.
2: You know how the electric type gym leader doesn't have a lot of electric type Pokemon and actually has an auxiliary which is a water type Pokemon but it can yeah. learn a thunderbolt? He doesn't have like Well that was elect- fixed in platinum and he <laughs> has an electrifier and it is strong very strong. Yeah. But no. I know this oh, is the thanks. thing
1: that like really weirds me and you know the Grand Underground to me is actually offensive. Because you have this, yeah, because, and hear me out here, because basically what it betrays to me, because let's let's re- remember that in Pokemon Let's Go, which I still think Pokemon Let's Go is one of the best Pokemon games, frankly. And I know people will be like, but I'm like, no, that is a fun goddamn experience. And it takes the original, and you can see all the Pokemon. They put them in the fucking world. So if they could do that for fucking Let's Go, You're going to tell me in this goddamn remake that I'm going to have fucking random battles every three goddamn seconds and you make an underground with fucking Pokemon in it. I'm gonna, are you serious? Like I went down there and I was like, oh, oh, so you have little zones where I can see the Pokemon, but you wouldn't be fucking bothered to put them in the actual game in the overworld. Fuck you. I was like, that's so stupid. That
0: That would require
1: effort.
2: Oh, yeah, but like, clearly the Grand Underground I,
1: required effort <laughs> like,
2: oh. yeah what I've heard they did uh, for this game that the reason why it's like so faithful to the original in more ways than it should have been mm. is because they used the code the, the original code for the original and they just did the Chinese code of fate and added songs like the Grand Underground and Ramanas Spark. which by the way I call bullshit on Ramanas Park because it's a place where you can encounter like the legendary Pokemon mm-hmm. and you have to um, use these special kind of orbs or charts or something like that, mm-hmm. that you get in the underground to buy these little cartridges. And then you use that cartridge to get one of the legendaries. The thing is you can buy more than you can use.
1: Oh, wow! I thought okay.
2: like, maybe you could like retry some legendaries, but no, you can buy more than you can use and that is bullshit because you might as well get more of the same legendary and trade it to people but now if i want the legendaries that i don't have access to i have to trade the item not the pokemon with my boyfriend so it's like an extra step
1: Uh, yeah see it's like and you know and i hear them say things like oh we had to use the original source code i'm just like so fucking edit the source code. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, like I You're know fucking you game developers. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's like But I guess they farmed it out and I'm sure this company was just like fucking shaking in their boots because like they're like the first company to basically be given like a not a well, like essentially a mainline Pokemon. So they're probably just like, Oh
2: my god, <laughs> you know? don't fuck this up. to the friend they're like
1: Right. Like I I, I wait, wait bet you that's a terrifying thing to be told you're going to be working on like they're like yeah you're going to remake pokemon diamond and pearl and they're probably like we're going to fucking what <laughs>
2: yeah, <okay. laughs> yeah by the way that i think this is like their first proper full project because the other thing they did was pokemon home the 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 tool that lets you like uh transfer pokemon between um the different games
1: yeah that's wild Ooh, um... Yeah, so let me just check. I think it is their first project because uh, let me see. I don't know. Yeah, because I think Nintendo Life did like a, a whole thing on like on who these people are. I don't know. There's not a whole lot that I see. Yeah, they they worked on Pokemon Home. Um, they're a support studio, is the thing though. So like, they're not necessarily like this necessarily. It wasn't necessarily their first game. Like they've assisted on Yakuza Zero. They did Dragon Quest Eleven, Near Automata. Um like they they've been assisting on those things. You know like how Ubisoft has like all these teams across the world. They're like one of those. They come in and they offer support on big games. So I guess this is probably their kind of like their their first game game I guess.
0: Their um, first game that they've primarily made.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so but it's not like they're like inexperienced, you know what I mean? Like they've been making like some big Damn games out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. You know, um, that's why I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe your first one that you're tackling on your own, but even then you got source code for it. So I is it you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you already had yeah. the like the hardest part of the game was done. You know what I'm saying? because <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um, like, I don't know, I'm not a game developer, obviously, but I have a strong feeling that the code of it, the game itself is Probably the hardest part of making a game.
2: <laughs> Probably like the they could have like given it like iron out. They could have like ironed out the bugs or something like that, but they didn't. Yeah. Because there were like very simple things to fix. Yeah, I think they've
1: patched out that, a lot of the weird, like a lot of that stuff, though, haven't they? Because like I, when I played it, I didn't have any issues, but I don't know. I might not have been i mean corners
2: probably like the what i've heard it, is that if you go through the code the code is pretty much the same between yeah. the diamond and pearl and the diamond and pearl remix
1: yeah that's wild that's
2: wild i'm just a messenger don't shut me oh no don't I, quote I, me no. on that either
1: <laughs> yeah don't quote you, yeah yeah anyway i'm talking i've been talking about pokemon for too long already but yeah it's just it's one of these weird things where, like I say, the game itself, as you play it, you're like, that's dumb. That's dumb. That's dumb. But the whole time I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it's, it just is what it is. Um, but anyway, because you, you beat this, didn't you, Paula? You beat Shining Pearl, was it?
2: Yeah, I beat Shining Pearl. I'm pretty much, I've been, uh, I'm currently like reading Pokemon for competitive battle. That's, that's, that's all of my experience with the game.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: I mean, yeah. So yeah,
1: I got a Blissey. That was cool. <laughs> that was about it. I was like, as I was playing through, I was like, oh, you can evolve through friendship. I was like, I've never really understood how to do that before, and then I finally did, and I was like, nice. <laughs> Though you know, what really pisses me off, they had have... so okay, they took a bunch of the old Pokemon, right? And like Rhydon has an evolution now, and it's pretty fucking dumb looking like the Rhyperior or whatever which is also a stupid name but like he's got like orange tiles all over his body
2: like, bruh i uh, why mess Rhyperior with perfection or the um electivar that is the evolution for electables and or, like magmar's um, new
1: evolution and
2: <laughs> yeah that was particularly dumb i yeah. like the one, though.
1: toga kiss or whatever or toga toga keys, yeah. Toga flapping wing thing, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah, actually thing that you used that
2: one.
1: Crobat was always cool, but Crobat was, wasn't was Crobat in like Crystal and stuff? Like, wasn't that Johto? Yeah, that gem too. Yeah. And that was a cool one. I thought it was cool looking. But anyway, whatever. Uh, there's Pokemon for you. Um, you know, Pokemon is what it is. This multi huge fucking thing. So why don't one of you kick it off? Uh, to death. I will <laughs>
0: I will jump in cuz then Paula can at least break things up before we moan about the games that we've retired. True, yes. Um mm-hmm. so <laughs> I have three completions this week, all on PC. Uh the first is the Fabled Chicken Police. Uh mm-hmm. really really good actually. Um a little bit linear, a lot a bit linear actually if we're, if we're being fair. Um but a lot of fun. Um almost pure narrative. Um at times very much felt like a kinetic novel. Like even though it's a, a point and click adventure game, there's not really a lot of puzzle solving. There's not really a lot of um clicking that gives you much beyond um sort of flavor text bits. I almost I think would have liked it more as a straight kinetic novel. Um but I liked mm. it a lot as it is. Um it knows what it's aiming for. It aims straight for that. Doesn't really try and do too much around it, it gives you a really Concise, well paced, noir, detective, thrilling story. Does it with aplomb. And I really, really like, and I think I alluded to this last episode, I love that they played it straight, except they're all fucking animals.
1: <laughs>
0: it, it, it's the reason that it works because they're not, you know, there's references to the fact that people are animals. Um, and there's things where, like, the birds will say, What the cluck? And then. There's one time right near the end that their police chief, who is, of course, a bloodhound, just says, what the fuck, boys? And they both look at him like, what? But outside of those like minor concessions, generally speaking, it just plays like a noir story. And that's the reason that it, that it really sort of comes through. Mm. Um, I think if the pitch, noir story with chickens as cops, if that appeals to you in any sense, this game is well worth buying. Um, I think it's a little bit steep at full price. Like it retails around about twenty pounds. Um, I paid about half that. Um, for me, I felt like that was about the sweet spot price-wise. Just a great game, and honestly, I kind of want both of you to play it because I think it would re- really work for both of you guys.
1: I think I might um, have picked that up on sale. I can't remember. I think I did. Now's I the time to have weighing. a look because yeah.
0: uh, that—that's a—that's um, a new game plus waiting to be done. um i'm not let me have a look if it's available on switch i know for a fact it's on ps4 uh i know for a fact it's on pc because that's where i played it um let's have a look at chicken police is it on switch it's the new segment on the how long to beat podcast it is on switch yeah yes it absolutely is um and at the moment although probably not once we finish recording but if you want to get it now Paula while it's on sale until
1: oh yeah it is on sale right now
0: 3 hours time it's just 12 pounds or your regional equipment it's a third off for the next 3 hours so uh one or both <laughs> of you get on that please because it's very very good and <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on it too um second game i played only 3 months late uh was cave story secret santa this is a <sighs> And I think it literally came out this Christmas. It's a little cave story themed stealth action game. So um, you play as that world sort of incarnation of Santa Claus uh, delivering presents to all the children's houses because they've been stolen. Uh, The way that manifests is you come in through the chimney. You have to get to all the Christmas trees and drop off the presents and get out without being spotted. Um, There are optional cookies to find in each level um generally sort of on the beaten path anyway Uh, although there are a couple where they where they're a little bit more devious a little bit more hidden um plays very differently to cave Story. it's it's top down um you have two buttons one is like a a generic action button one is a sprint button the sprint is crucial for getting past certain sort of um enemies and, and hazards and also because there's technically like a timed component to the game although it doesn't really matter um you can tell it's something that was thrown together. There is no tutorial whatsoever. The only reason I know that there is a sprint and action button is because I tried pressing buttons on the keyboard. Um, otherwise, I would not have known that there was a sprint and an action. I, I tell a lie, not on the keyboard. I had a, a controller plugged in. Um, I dread to think on keyboard how you'd work out what's bound to which because there's no, there's no key rebinding. It's fun. It, it, <laughs> in a similar but lesser way to Chicken Please, it, it has a very specific aim. Nails what it's trying to do, which is like a simple, roughly one hour. I did it a little bit under um, Christmasy experience with like cave story assets. Um, nothing particularly wrong with the gameplay. None of the levels really stretch your attacks. Uh, it's also worth noting there are fun um, few Easter egg type things. So one of the levels near the end, uh, there's a pit you can fall into uh, and you fall next to what is clearly Isaac from the Binding of Isaac. And he's just sat there looking at you like, what? And then the level restarts. Uh, And there's a few other little things like that that I don't want to spoil. So there's a lot of nice stuff there. Um, And it's free, so hard to complain at that price. Uh, Well worth, maybe not for people who are listening right now, but when you're feeling a bit Christmassy in six months' time, uh, maybe come back and revisit that one. Last game, um, and we've gone from full-price PC game to free seasonal PC game to itch PC game. Uh, This is a game called Water's Fine. Uh, Technically, it's purchasable, but if you happen to have the bundle for Ukraine, as I do, uh, you will have got that game as part of that bundle. Um, Really, really straightforward, little bitsy-styled thing. Um, The premise of the game is you have to swim to the bottom of the ocean. Um, It's generally one-hit death. You have to manage picking up treasure to buy upgrades um, with finding air bubbles, with avoiding uh damage and, and managing your way, traversing through the um objects that get in your way towards the bottom. Um and the the conceit of it is if you die, you don't get any of the money. So you have to decide whether you want to sort of keep pushing or you want to go back and bank that money and then buy upgrades and go further. Um uh, turns into a really, really compelling gameplay loop. Um has bosses, has quite a lot of variety for again a relatively short um little bitsy style, pixely action game. Um, very weird end game as well, once you do get past all the bosses and get right to the bottom. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say good. I would say interesting. Um, and again, if you happen to have the bundle, you've already got this. So it's an interesting one in that respect. Um, was a nice little palette cleanser for me. I played quite a lot of narrative stuff recently, and it was fun to um, really get into the action. So the way it works is you have your direction, but you have to press a button to sort of do the swim. Um, so you sort of get caught in this loop where you're mashing the button to go down or, or mashing the ultimate buttons anyway. Because you've got the air, you want to go fast, but you also have to watch out for the obstacles because initially at least, one hit death. Uh, you can later buy upgrades that, that bump that up and then you have a little bit more sway. Um, but particularly in the early game, every foray down, particularly once you've got a little bit of money under your belt, is super tense um So really, really good one. um Doubly so if you already own it, which if you're listening to this, there's a really good chance you do. Three solid games for me this week. To be fair, um Power. Nice. Tell us about what lies in the multiverse. Hmm.
2: Well, because I, I, game... I bought
0: this, so I'm, I'm hoping it's good news. Still, yeah, I bought yeah,
2: this too. Yeah, it's still <laughs> good news. <laughs> it's still good news. Don't worry. I'm yeah. just trying to find it. Up. There, it is. Okay, so um, as I already said, what lies in the multiverse is a platformer puzzle game where you have to switch between multiverses to get through the challenge. There are still areas where you are not able to do so uh, because narrative reasons, but at the same way, there are like the the puzzles are still like crafting in a way that makes you think about how. About your placement in in the overall map, I'm trying to say in a way that is not a spoiler, but you really have to think spatially, like where you are to mm. get to to the to the other side and get everything you need in the process, which a, which made for a very interesting chapter in particular, and. It didn't like the puzzles didn't get dumped down um, by you not having the ability to switch between multiverses, so that it is very very good because it gives consistency. And oh my god, the final uh, the final few chapters are crazy. Like I'm just gonna say they, they get crazy with uh how they use the 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 multiverse switch. It is also very story focused, it will hit you in the feels if you're not prepared, and it tells overall a very charming story. And it it is also like very character focused, so you get to know more both of the overall story of what is happening in these multiverses. And what is happening, like, with the characters that are behind your ass because you're doing things you're not supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And overall, it is a fantastic experience. I will wholeheartedly recommend it.
0: <laughs>
2: and yeah, I I I cannot say any more. Before, like, spiraling down into just throwing flowers to the developers because they've a <laughs> very well-crafted experience and everyone has Whoa. to try it.
1: We'll have to get those dudes on again. Um, mm. Yeah, did do well, you, I- do you
2: guys have to play it?
1: Yeah, I will. I promise at one point I'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, Mom, I'll do it. I'll get there, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably play it pretty soon because I... Uh... It's only like what it says on how long it be. It's only like seven hours, so that's ah, not so bad. I can do that. I could do that yeah, for sure. That. <laughs> Plus, they did well. They reviewed so, yeah. well, so I mean, good for them. You know, first game coming out the gate, Happy there days, doing well. It's yeah. good shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's eight point something, eight point seven, I think it was it in the last time I, I I checked.
1: Oh, on Metacritic, it's on Open Critic, it's seventy eight. I think it's the reverse what you're saying.
2: Oh, the reverse.
1: Yeah, which is uh, listen, on open critic, that's good shit. <laughs> like I <laughs> just yeah, on that is open critics fucking like Overc- Yeah.
2: Trying to score high there is is a nightmare.
1: Yeah, man. Getting into the We like, would
2: know it, because Fantastic Critical <laughs> League.
1: Yeah. Mm. I was gonna say like Tunic, which is like almost as far as I'm concerned, like practically a masterpiece, is at eighty five there. So like Seventy—it's really Whoa. goddamn good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably higher on Metacritic, honestly, because I feel like Metacritic is usually, um, or it may not even—is it, is it? Yeah, it's eighty-five on Metacritic, which that makes sense. I find Metacritic is like a little higher usually. Um, anyway, good for them. Not that the numbers matter, but good for them.
2: <laughs> yeah, good for them. And we need to get—we yeah. we need to get them back in the show to do a spoiler cast later. Very interesting. Moving on to a game that I didn't enjoy as much as I was expecting, or maybe I kind of enjoyed it more than last time, but less than usually than than other Atomic games, pretty much. It's pretty cute, Chuckles of Amadeus. And this is a game I would recommend people to try what they think are going to be like their favorite routes maybe like one or two routes and just call it, it done pretty much because oh. there's this thing where there are seven routes and not all routes are created equal and that includes the pacing of each route like or the characters included on each route because on on the first route I did that was like on the angel side that like you see like a very um, decided protagonist that once you get better at the game to have a fighting chance of surviving in this world and try to be useful to the overall cause of clearing the arc and getting the heck out of there. And on the second route I did, you get to meet like the more colorful ca- part of the cast because for some reason the developers thought that um, the the demon part of the of the world uh, was easier to make like characters for, which I agree. Like there's so many, there's only so many configurations of wings. You can give an angel, but there's a lot of things you can do with a, with a demon. So the, the best supporting characters are in this other side of the game, but only like a couple of routes use them effectively. So I'm like, you have all these characters that. One of them, honestly, would have made a better route, like half of the routes of the game, and you don't use them that much. Like we are, like we could be missing out on something here. But and then you get to like the second half of the routes, and well, the final route is pretty much a brother route, so yeah, and. Even then, like when you get to the final route of the game, like the big revelation isn't that big of a revelation. Like it has been like hinted at for the whole game pretty much. So you don't really miss out on anything by not completing the game. In my opinion, you, you can like be happy with whatever route you pick and then go on your merry way still happy about the game. That's how I feel about this one. Uh, Which is a shame because with all the different, um, points of view the game offered, there could have been a very interesting story on each of the routes, but since they did seven instead of the, uh, usually four or five routes, I think the standard right now is like five routes and they, they pretty much like the, the, the. The more you play, the more watered down the routes are because they, they spread their efforts too thin. So I think like a more focused game with less routes would have been more interesting if they did like a longer route and more and explore more of the world because the world they have here is very good. But they didn't utilize it, which is a shame. So yeah, I finished fear cube, check us up on my deals, play a couple of routes and. That's it. You don't have to finish this one.
0: You heard it here first, folks.
2: Yeah. Um. How about wanna... those retirements, oh, Alex? That one is. It's probably gonna be like one of those. I'll return to this later, but yeah, they're all honestly. Honestly. What happened the with Pokemon like yeah. Arceus?
1: Both of them are, and I, I basically just started putting them in here because I'm like, I might as well have something to talk about because they just kind of ghost off on me. <laughs> Um but yeah I I retired Pokémon Legends Arceus because um ironically enough I retired it because it's a good game that requires my attention and I uh, I needed something mindless. Like honestly that was it. Like I was like oh no this game's good it's just like I actually have to kind of focus when I play it and I, you know, have to actually. It's not think you; a it's bit. me.
0: In video game terms, literally,
1: yeah. Like it's yeah. like honestly a good game. It's just at the moment I was like, I can't do this right now. I need like turn brain off, game. So I was like, let's I'm go play Pokemon Brilliant with, like,
0: Heartbreak soundtrack in the back. There's like rain <laughs> yeah. pouring down. You're both crying.
1: I was like, I thought you loved <laughs> me. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> i promise i do yeah anyway so (laughs) i thought it was just kind of funny so yeah i'm just putting it aside for now i will probably come back to it although you know the thing is i say this but like i also said this with shimmy tensei 5 and now i'm starting to think i might never go back because like the thing is there's so many damn games out there that like as i finish them and i'm also starting to realize that like But then again, I guess I did put PictoQuest down like two years ago and then came back and finished later. So you never know when you come back to it. But my thing is that I've got so many games and I want to play them all. But I also realized that I think I'm at a point in my life where I don't need to beat a game to have enjoyed it and got what I wanted out of it. You know what I mean? So like there are a lot of games now where like I get through enough of it and I'm like, that was awesome.
2: Okay, say I'm done. Say that Toriko is staring daggers to you right I mean, now I was say, you like that's fine, but
0: finish SMT five.
2: <laughs>
1: but see, I got through. Like it's like it's not going to change. You know what I mean? Like the the the, the you page, don't know that, but I kind of do. Like no, the artists will get different but...
0: no, you don't but I kind of do know that because no. the pattern's been the no. same <laughs> no Mm-mm. what do you mean game. you cannot
1: say that I've gotten so much further into the game it's the same thing <laughs> it's no. the same you just go to a new no. zone and then you fuse more monsters and no. you fight a big boss and then they go God hates thee and you fight him <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I no, don't know
0: no. what to say <laughs> anyway I want you to I, say yes Ricardo you've convinced me I will go back and finish SNT5
1: okay maybe someday we'll see um, <laughs> I'll like, do that that maybe now? maybe, yeah, maybe when, when you guys are like actually playing through it then I'll probably go back and play ah,
2: ah. so now it's so on fire. you <laughs> yeah now there it's you on go. <laughs>
1: yeah i'm the furthest in the game so all right <laughs> but anyway i also retired cyberpunk 2077 because don't know what it is whenever I try to play this game I just bounce off I, I I'm, I'm waiting for the moment to strike when I'm in the right mood for it I think it's also because I had to restart it um and like those opening it's a little skyrim in some ways where like the opening moments are like you're just kind of like fuck man I gotta play all this opening bullshit again um yeah. you know what I mean which like and like don't get me wrong when you play that opening for the first time it's great but then you play it again you're like, well, okay, well, let's get to the part where I get to choose what to do. Um, so anyway, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm done for a little bit because there's a new game that's sort of taken my life over a little um, or is going to take my life over a little bit. Um, so anyway, uh, good night, Cyberpunk. I will come back to you eventually. And the thing with Cyberpunk is you know, the longer you wait, the better that game gets. So you might as well just wait longer. You could
2: say it ages just like wine.
1: <laughs> mm. Honestly,
2: though, because they keep,
1: they keep updating the damn thing. So I'm just like, I might as well just wait longer and then eventually this game's going to be fucking perfect. So anyway, uh, Rick, why don't you tell, actually, I want to hear what your thoughts on um, that second one there, because that's one that I was not. That's the game that taught me that I can just drop games when I don't like them.
0: (laughs) Which, side note, the game that did that for me was Army of Two, the 40th day for the PlayStation Portable. Yeah. Enough enough deep lore. Uh, We'll start with that game. So the second of my two retirements is Creature in the uh, WoW, which for me was an Epic Game Store freebie. Mm. Um, I actually like a lot about this game. And it's really frustrating that I thought I got to a point where I literally just couldn't play anymore. So um, it's kind of a, a roguelike isometric thing, but the combat is very pinball And what I mean by that is um, you don't actually directly hit things to do damage. What you do is you smack orbs of light around the world and they bounce back and you hit them again, they bounce back and you hit them again. You can kind of charge them up a little bit. So. It's almost like you are a walking pinball paddle. Um, The story, to the extent that I saw it, was really, really cool. So you wake up as um, a bot C in uh, this kind of tower thing. Um, It was built by an ancient, now seemingly deceased race to um, protect people from this big fuck off storm that came. Um, Unfortunately, they picked this spot and started building before they realized that the titular creature was living in that well. Um, and that creature keeps coming and trying to impede your progress, and you're slowly sort of picking up pieces of this story as you try and get this gargantuan system back online. Um, Mechanically, there's a lot to like as well. Um, I like what they did with the map. Um, The way it plays around with upgrades is kind of cool. Um, The actual concept on paper I love, and in practice actually sort of works a lot of the time. My problems all kind of stem from one singular omission which is that you can't hit the ball without fucking moving your character.
1: Yeah, it's annoying. There,
0: There is no way to be stationary because picking the direction that you hit and picking the direction you move, it's all on the left stick. Um, I refuse to accept that there was a good reason for them not to have like a lock position button. Like you have in some like 2D side scrollers where um, they want you to be able to shoot in all the directions. So you press the button, your fella plants their feet down and then you can aim wherever the fuck you want. Um, far too many times I found myself in a situation where... Um, I either missed a shot because I was trying to move my character somewhere and try and hit something in two different places, uh, or I ran myself into damage or off the edge of something or uh, because I was trying to aim a shot. Uh, And there's a lot of challenge rooms, so it compounds that problem further because Mm -hmm. it it asks a lot in terms of skill-based input from you, uh, precision that the combat, or precision that the inputs rather, just doesn't afford you. There are four... Button actions. I refuse to accept that they couldn't have added a fifth button somewhere to um to give you a like a, a lock position. Um if it had that feature, I reckon I we'd have finished it. As is, like there were challenge rooms that I wanted to do but couldn't, not because I personally lacked this skill, or at least I don't think so, but because the game wouldn't um work with me to do that. The game was actively fighting me every step of the way. Um deeply Deeply frustrating and saddening because otherwise, I liked the game a lot. Like, it was easily an eight, eight and a half, nine out of ten for me. Um, if the inputs were suitable for the game that they designed, and they just weren't. I mean, does that tally with what your experience was, Alex? Oh, a hundred
1: percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, like, uh, I what you're saying is essentially like right where I was with this Mm. because, like it it is honestly such a frustrating game because like like you say it is good there's a lot of good ideas good? within it it's just that yeah like i what i found happened to me is that it was just it felt finicky at times right yes. like there was yeah. and, and it was so annoying because like i actually felt like i was getting quite skilled at the game But that it was honestly like, man, if you just let me do that, like you're saying, that plant for just a second, let me do that, I could really hit these things properly. Um, But because it lacked that, I found that I would miss things sometimes that I was like, oh, my God. And not even that I'd miss it. It was just like, oh, fuck, I got just the wrong angle for one second there. And I'm like, fucking kill me. And so... And I like I I like beat that game like I got through like I did all this challenge I did a lot of those challenge rooms and stuff and like I really went through to the very end of it and it's like because I think I just was like pissed off at the game I was like I'm gonna mm. fucking beat you <laughs> you know and I was, like, <laughs> like just you watch the game I'll win and I won but yeah I know it's a shame because it really is a unique interesting concept I just kind of wish that the execution was a little bit better um, and it it kind of weirds me like I, I'm a- the thing that was odd about the game I was, I was like, did no one stop for a second and like play test this and like see that like this is not fun here at this point? Yeah. Like where where was the breakdown? You know what I mean? Or were they thinking like, oh it has to be maybe they got so good at the game? Because I feel like this happens a lot with developers, they get so good at their own game that they're like, Oh yeah, no, it's fine and you're like, Well, you're used to but it. That's but... the point
0: of playtesting, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the point. Exactly. Um and I think with stuff like that, you give options, like if you want it to be enabled, maybe. Put a toggle in the settings menu. It's really not. It's not something that has to be an issue. Um, I think they either didn't play test or they play tested and that feedback was definitely given and then not implemented. Um, I, I don't think there's a scenario where this is play tested and the play testers don't flag that. I, I, I can't possibly envision that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's frustrating because otherwise, lots to like there. Um, worth saying as an EGS freebie makes it much more straightforward to say nah, fun, done with you Um, Mm -hmm. because your input cost is zero Um, like the two seconds it took to go and redeem it on the storefront that week Um, but yeah, that sucked Um, the other one and I'm not sure how I feel about this one is Azure Striker Gunvolt 2 for the 3DS, now um, those of you who were here a couple of months ago when I played and beat the first Gunvolt uh, will remember me saying that it was kind of okay, but lot of niggling problems with it primarily um sort of from from the way that the level design interfaces with the controls in a very different way because the, i feel like the level design creature in the world was actually quite good um they do a lot of cool stuff with that and other than the odd niggle the majority of it works and is nice and uh doesn't cause any problems from that end with Gunvault, it felt like there were a lot of sort of leaps of faith a lot of things where um things are either way too straightforward or just not, not really done with any care or attention. Um, I still kind of feel that with Gunvault Two, Um, and I feel all the same problems that I was feeling with Gunvault one for me personally, uh, you can tell it's very high score focused. Um, doesn't really appeal to me. Um, the story's kind of pish, but lots of is pushed into it doesn't really appeal to me. um, the mechanics are interesting, but they're not really used in interesting ways. Um, so, the, the... I think this concept would work much better in a 3D action game. The conceit of the Gunvolt series is uh, your character cannot directly hurt enemies. What they can do is tag them, and then use like a, a, a refilling over time energy bar to send electricity into those tags, it's almost like you're a taser. Um, and when you're not doing the charge um you can actually dodge um gunfire and it just chews up a portion of your energy each time that happens you're never really facing more than a couple of enemies at any one time on this 2d side scrolling plane which is actually kind of zoomed in there's not a lot of viewport either side of you to see so actually it's very rare that you get to play around all that much with you know the the outer reaches of what that kind of mechanic could afford you uh, the other wrinkle is, um, or at least it wasn't the first, I didn't get far enough in the second to see. Uh, because using that charge also gives you a glide, uh, there were a lot of leaps of faith where the other side of that glide was actually outside of your vision. Uh, and again, that's the kind of thing where if you've explored those levels and you're looking to like hit a really good time for a high score, you know that exists. And you know to just go full pout and glide over it and see where you land. Um, as someone who's just playing the game, Feels really fucking cheap. Um, and they definitely do more to expand this sequel. There's a whole other character with a slightly different skill set. Um, there's definitely like a slightly higher budget in terms of more um, CVs popping up like almost immediately. Uh, I felt like there was a bit more of a voice cast. Ultimately, like it didn't take me long to realize this is more of the game that I didn't really like that much to start with. Um, the game itself might be good for the right kind of person. I think particularly if you're someone who high school chases, but it just didn't didn't speak to me. And I was like, well, I could, I could spend another four or five hours not enjoying playing this, or I could just not. Um, and that's where I felt I decided just to, to pack it in. Um, might still be a great game for you if you're listening at home, but for me, no, thank you. Uh, also worth saying as well, actually, that's the 3DS version, which is the original um, I know 1 and 2 got a port um, for modern consoles. It may well be that that gives you a wider screen, depending on how they've done that. So that might change things for people. Uh, I'm certainly not bothered enough to go and find out. But if you are, then by all means, check that out. But in terms of the game, as I found it on the console, I played it, it didn't really work for me. Um, so unless you guys want to tag in on that, no pun intended, um, that's it for Retired. And I think it might make sense for both of you because you're both playing it uh, to kick mm. off and talk about Tunic.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. This
1: game's dope. So,
2: <laughs> yep. This game is amazing. Like, I've been playing... I, I play for around an hour and my boyfriend is also playing because the game is on Game Pass. So we've been playing and the game has a lot of, like secrets hidden on the world of the overworld Mm -hmm. and so and it's pretty much like open world in the sense that you can you could perfectly go running into this i guess where the stronger enemies are with just a stick or you could go and get the actual sword so um which pretty much happened uh, with my boyfriend and I. I went straight to the sword. I don't know how I got to the sword first, but I got it. And that made your life a lot easier. But if you're like a good player, you can use a stick and just play like that. And the thing is, since we're playing at the same time on a call, it is extremely fun to see what, what which of us encounters. And we have to try to describe to the other one hey I found this really cool thing oh where is that I haven't seen that and it creates that this uh conversation around the game which is just plain fun which is kind of like how what is happening right now with Elden ring we where a lot of people just are sharing their 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 findings with each other and that Creates a sense of commun- community. Mm. So yeah, Tanikiza is a pretty dope game. It has a lot of exploration, which I love. It has gigantic spiders, which I hate. Kill them with fire.
1: Mm.
2: And
1: yeah, I mean and
2: the combat is solid. I think.
1: Oh, the combat's great. Yeah, like it's kind of I know they they think of the thing with Dark Souls, like compare it all the time, but it's because it has like the role and everything and. Anyway, it's kind of it is has in has Yeah, and it's got, like, kind of bonfire-type things, and it's um also a fair bit like Death's Door. Uh, combat is difficult. I'm on, like, uh, there's this boss that I stopped at because it's, like, a very difficult boss, and I will go and beat it, but you're like, oh, shit. Like, it's definitely one of those games where you're going to have to fight the boss a lot, and then you're going to really learn the boss's patterns, and then when you beat it, you're like, yes, because I've beaten a fair number. I'm actually, like, pretty far into the game, I think. I think I might be almost, like, close to, like, the halfway point, actually, at this point. Because um, I, I played just a few sessions and really got pretty far into it and was, like, having a good time with it. Um, It's actually the reason I suggested the instructions booklet um topic this week, because the game does this really cool thing. I've read about it, yeah. Yeah, and it's so fucking cool, because it has its own language that I believe is a consistent language within it. Um, But what it does is that you... um As you're playing through the game, you essentially find these pieces of an instruction booklet. And few of the words will be in English, but it, like, teaches you things that you could have done from the start. And that's what's really neat about this game, is that, like, you're actually pretty equipped with what you need um, quite early on. Now, there are some items that you're going to unlock as you go along that are going to help more, too. But the world is, like, it's so ingeniously created. because. Oh yeah! before
2: you run away before you run away to the next idea hmm. about the structure booklet it looks exactly how this earlier Zelda instruction booklets look like uh, the way they draw the little box uh, during the actions that is pulled straight out of Zelda 1 and 2
1: yeah yeah um, they're like very much inspired by the old NES um uh, booklets and like art booklets um and they're beautifully drawn and made and like they even have maps and like what's neat in the instruction book is like your character's icon will appear on the map uh on the different ones that you find so like it's just really ingeniously done and it kind of breaks the fourth wall purposely because like it actually when you open the instruction booklet it makes it look like it's a crt television is pulled out and so that you're holding it and so when you go back in it's like the the screen comes back over and you're like watching it normally and uh Yeah, it's just, it's very well done. And I think something that I find really cool about it too is that the world itself, like when you find secrets, they're so ingeniously hidden that when you do find them, it's like sometimes you'll come at a level from a different angle all of a sudden because it's isometric. So it can really hide things nicely. And suddenly you'll be like, oh, you find this secret hidden path that actually you could have just gone in when you right started the game and unlocked like a really special thing and got a really powerful weapon. But you just didn't think to check there. Um, And the game is not afraid to let you go do that if you wanted to at the start. And that's what I think I really love about this game is that it somehow really naturally points you in the right direction, right? Like it's like, here's where you need to go. You do this, do that, do this. Um, and yet it also, um, doesn't really tell you what to go do. And like, it's, it's incredible. I don't know. It's just like really, really well done. I, I like, at times I was like, I don't know why I knew that I should go here. Um, but then it's like, eventually when I figured out, uh, afterwards, it was like, now I got to a point where I kind of explored everything that I thought. So it's like, okay, well I should open my instruction booklet map. And I was like, oh, what's that thing? I've never looked at that thing. And so like you go and like, it's just, it's good shit, man. It's good shit.
2: Yeah it is. It and again, is. like it is. Though I really love how you could really just go to where the more powerful enemies are like right away and doesn't like tell you not to. Though you you mm-hmm. will probably you will probably die but uh but you can. You can beat them with a stick or a sword.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Using a bump or a dynamite bar would be better probably but you can do what i wa- what you want
1: yeah 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 it's just good shit it's just good shit honestly like that's all i can all i can really say about it it's just like very well done um yeah should i keep going or what do you do you want to keep going paula i don't know <laughs>
2: um how about i keep going because you you do you, it you were in retirement
1: yeah why don't you go a town paula
2: so yeah my hand slipped And I've been playing on Fire. I've been playing Fire Emblem Awakening for like the sixth or seventh time, I think. I don't know. I don't keep count of post of those things. (laughs) But anyway, I've started playing Fire Emblem Awakening again because I really wanted like something familiar to play, and for some reason I was craving Fire Emblem Awakening. So here I am. I'm currently on chapter twenty first. Yeah, on the twenty first chapter of. Fire Emblem awakening out of 26 i think so safe to say i pretty much devoured the game and i don't know like the game has maybe it's because it's like the first Fire Emblem game i played but there's like this sense of familiar- familiarity that is like i don't know visiting an old friend it's like i know this game and i'm still finding new stuff because first of all, I'm changing how I play Fire Emblem in the first place. So, for example, I actually use the dancer, which happens to be probably the most important unit in your army, if you if you use it effectively. And also, like the makeup of my current team or like my current um, like the makeup of my party is very different from the first second and third time I played because I'm using majors more or I'm more like trying to have variety so I can like tackle any situation and I don't know like I just got to this level hit a wall and I'm like oh damn it I'm probably have to I I realized my units were too squishy for the Dusk because, well, mages are kind of squishy. So I had to train up, um, my two Cavaliers and promote them to paladins. So they would withstand the, these stupid fucking mages who can just fire at you from a great distance that I hate with, with passion. And I don't know. I just, I just want them. Um. I also have, like, one paralogue left to do from the ones that I've unlocked so far because in this game, you can kind of miss a lot of side content. Alex knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) I'm actually doing a NAS paralogue. Does that name ring a a bell?
1: No, actually, it's been a long time. I don't remember the characters' names anymore because I played this game in, like, more than six years ago, I think. It's been a long time.
2: Oh, I do. Never mind then. That Paralogy in particular is stupid difficult because the walls kind of like collapse and reform how like randomly. Hmm. So if you bring weak units, well, prepare to die because they're going to die. If the wall like opens just right behind you and they get attacked in the next turn mm. which is not fun so i'm like well i can live without that character even though it's probably like one of the more broken characters but i'm not gonna do that here we we don't do that here so <laughs> yeah i'm still enjoying the game a lot like i feel in a way that echoes is more balanced and also that maybe because it takes into account that you will be using like all of your units at all times during your adventure, so they can they kind of can plan like the encounters in a way that makes sense for the units you have available at that time well, in this game, you have uh many many units that you're not gonna use for. A bunch of chapters, and they're gonna be like under level. So when you actually have to maybe adjust your army a little bit, it's gonna take like a lot more time because you have to level them up because they weren't like in I don't know the prior five to ten battles. Hmm. And since you have a wider variety of units, like where you and you can pick and choose, um, there's like this thing where. The developers have to account for like ma- like this battle has to be able to be won with any combination of units, but at the same time, some combination of units are gonna make it easier than others. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, the, the way the difficulty escalates is a lot more steep, especially like in the later chapters, in my opinion. So yeah, that's far Emblem my awakening. Um I'm probably gonna have this beaten by next week because I think this is like the single chapter that I I usually struggle with on my playthroughs Mm. and oh and one side note, the support conversations, I really love them because you they're very good good. and I've, I've been finding like more support conversations than that I didn't even before so the, there's my breath of pressure in my playthrough beautiful um other game that i've been playing is Vari- variable barricade and again an atomic game i jumped back into it after finishing period cube and i don't have much more to say like at the moment because i only advanced like one or two chapters in the board that is like a bigger chapter I don't know how to explain it. This game is, like, organized in a very weird way. But it seems that it also makes replays to get, like, all the endings easier. So I'm still in defense about that. But Hmm. the scenes are hilarious. And I'm finally, like, seeing, like, Hibari, that is the protagonist, like, start, like, to drop the mask a little bit. So... And also there's like a couple of chapters that are more like, I guess, focused on letting you know what kind of past she had. Which is interesting because we don't have that like a lot of the time, like for example, in Cafe and Chante, you have Kotone and you know Kotone mostly because of the present. But Hibari had like this chapter where well, it's no secret that she's living with her um, grandfather in this, in like in this big state mansion, whatever, because of her parents died at, when she was like very young. But you get to see how that affected her, and then it makes more sense how she is the way she is during like the the main story, and how and why she thinks the way she does about the suitors that well they 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 are trying to get married into her family, and she's like no they want they want the money and the power and all that just yes. um I'm very surprised of how even though this is primarily like more of a comedy, it manages to have like more s- serious moments like sprinkled along the plot, which makes th- which I guess it has to have, otherwise it would be like a shallow game. Anyways, the final game that I've been playing, and this is uh, another new one, is The Cruel King and the, and the Great Hero. Hmm. And I love this game. It is an RPG, uh, kind of like a side-scroller RPG, That is was created by the same people that work on the liar princess and the blind prince so it has the same storybook aesthetic and the game like takes that aesthetic and applies it to pretty much everything from the story itself to the characters to how the world is built and like how the different areas are drawn and it has a lot of charm because of that like the story goes as this. You play as you, which is a little girl who pretty sorry, much. Was...
1: <laughs> you play as I you. Am sorry, like <laughs> <laughs> that's just funny. Took me off guard for a second.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> it... damn it, the same happened when I played Persona for Golden, and it was like, oh, you play as Narukami you, but at the very least, like you had to it's for them to go by, but anyway. Mm. So, you is um, a little girl who was raised by this dragon lord, which is like the demon king lord. But he, um, like his reign kind of ended in a way because of this hero who ro- rose among the humans and battled the dragon. And instead of killing him, he just like. Got the horn that was like the source of his power, or and ended up befriending him. And then, when the hero was on his deathbed, pretty much, he wronged uh, his little baby girl, Duke, and asked the dragon to rise to rise here for him in his stead. And the dragon is another protective father because. He has to see that the little girl who wants to be a hero like her father gets there, like, safely. Like, he has to, in a way, like, try to let her live her dream. While at the same time, he's such a reward that he he pretty much follows her. Like, and you can see the dragon, like, among, like, the shadows. Like... Between the trees or the rocks and stuff like that, like just trying to to see that everything goes over. okay. And how this plays out is that, for example, you has a limited set of abilities uh, at the start of the game, but one of the attacks she knows is, um, I think it was like Fireblade or flame blade or something like that. And the thing, he like the very cute thing is, is that you are told at the start of the game that you cannot use the ability by herself, but please don't tell her because she doesn't know.
0: You sent us a screenshot of that bit, yeah. Yeah,
2: I had to send it. Uh, I have to send you is uh, the screenshot of it, because what happens is that she raises her sword and the dragon like just lights the sword in flames, and then she's able to attack with the sword. And it's like, that, I don't know, that just warms my heart, no pun intended. Oh my God, that was bad. And, and for example, where, when she, when she finds an obstacle, like the same, same thing happens, like just as she's about to strike the, the obstacle with her sword. The dragon just times the, his fire blast like nicely. So he blasts, he blasts the the obstacle as she lands the the strike, which is adorable. And still, um, it's not just like, oh, we need her to use this ability and we have to make sense of it. So that's why the dragon follows here. the dragon has a fucking reason to follow her uh most of the time at, at the start it was just like oh, i'm kind of worried that she will make it okay and then it's like huh you know this what happening right now is kind of sus and i smell that it, this is a trap so i'm gonna follow her just in case because i have to make sure that everything's like in order where she's going anyway So. I'm really, like, I'm I'm about, like, four hours in right now. And the battles are, like, well thought out because you have the option to attack. You have the option to use an ability or a skill, I think they're called. And to use skills, you need to use not mm, mana per se, but skill points. And the way you you. you... You can save up skill points to use the ability because you recover one skill point every turn. But for example, if you guard that turn, not only you get, you, not only you resist better the the hits you're dealt, but you also recover an extra um, skill point. Hmm. So you have to kind of like manage the economy of your skill points, um, In a good way, otherwise, especially like in the boss battles, you're gonna get wrecked if you don't know when to guard or know when to use the skill or pretty much like try to see like when is the best time to do anything pretty much, even use an item. And about items, you get you can get an item like after the battle because the monsters kind of held items. Just like in Chimami and they drop them when you kill them. And so you never kind of like, you still need to buy things from time to time, especially equipment. But if you want to save up for set equipment, which is usually like very expensive, you can still like have free healing items given to you by the monsters you defeat. And I like how they frame the fact that you kind of live amongst demons, but you also battle demons. And the reason is because there are demons that are like pro-demon king and demons that are like anti-demon king in a way. Because some of them are like, once the demon king kind of like fell in battle, um, he decided to start helping hum- humans once he befriended the hero, but some demons are not okay with helping humans, so when they see you like just running around in the wild, or just any demon from that for that matter, they attack them, so there's like this group of demons that are like not okay with how society is pretty much, and they just attack you. And sometimes to steal your stuff, sometimes to outright kill you. Which is kind of weird now that you think about it. But anyway. And what else? What else? I don't know, like I, I think that's everything I can say right now, given the four hours that I played. There's still a lot. I'm really interested on in how this game is gonna turn out, where the story is gonna go, because right now it's you learning to be a hero and doing what heroes do like helping people or battling monsters and stuff like that or just going on adventures nice and so yeah that's the Crow king and the great hero um alex do you want to take it away yeah
1: all right i'm gonna blast through this a little bit here so i'm I'm not really playing majora's mask all that much uh lately just because like i said i've been busy so it's still on there though and like i intend to finish it um i started playing box boy and box girl that's really fun i like yeah yeah it's good times i'll probably end up beating it i'm definitely not being very like i'm not trying to get like everything in each of them or like maximizing it i'm just kind of you know beating the puzzles um just because i find the puzzles fun and also realistically i'm just like you know how i am sometimes with puzzle games. sometimes i'm like yeah i want to like maximize and get every single possible thing in this one, I think I need to play it more to get my brain in that right space. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, like how I with Picross. It's like, I first start, and you're uh, okay with it. And so I'm like, I think I'm just, I'm just trying to get through all the worlds. And then like, I'll probably go and play other ones after. Cause yeah, it is really fun and it's clever. And uh, I like that they like give you different amounts of boxes on each one. Like, it's nice that it's kind of like, okay, so only have this many on this one. I'm in like the, I think I just beat like the sand one right now. Like where you're like going through the little, you know, how like they have like, like things of sand and you can push the blocks through it and Uh, oh yeah yeah like that's kind of what i'm doing right now um so good times i like it um i'm also playing triangle strategy because uh again i someone like had it used for pretty cheap and uh yes this is good shit um so beautiful it's that 2d the hd 2d you know like the octopath Mm -hmm. oh shit looks good stupid fucking name but I'm sure that the reality is they probably, they released Project Triangle Strategy. I'm sure the marketing team was like, bro, everyone knows that it's Project Triangle Strategy. You might as well just keep the name, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure it had like a marketing decision. They're like, you change the name now, you're just losing that goodwill. So honestly, I get it. Um, and it doesn't really matter. Like, it, it is super like dialogue heavy. Like, it really is. There's actually a lot of story in between, um, in between the battles which I don't mind because I actually think the story is quite compelling. Um, You know, it's all about political intrigue. Um, There's like these three kingdoms. It's very kind of like.
0: Very almost tactics Ogre in the sense that it does that. And it has a similar gameplay.
1: Yeah, I would say yes, absolutely. And it's got like a compelling story with like actual decisions that matter. And like, what I think is interesting too, is that like you have, um, I forget the exact word that they use. Is it maybe convictions or something? I don't know. Like, your your principles essentially get changed based on the things that you pick because there there's like utility, um, just justfulness or something like there's like three things that like this character has as kind of his like um like a his triangle. principles yeah right like a triangle kind of thing <laughs> and then so like you can based on how you respond to things your um kind of principles will. Um, mold and change, and the team members that you have will respond to that differently, so some people prefer if you're more just, others might prefer more utility like you know there, there's this kind of way that they'll respond to you, and some people will join you based on your principles and others might not because they're like, well, I don't really vibe with you as a leader and I'm like that's kind of cool and so anyway, uh really cool right now, Paula, this is definitely a game you'll dig it's super <laughs> fire emblem, you know um. But obviously it's more it's more more Final Fantasy tactics than Fire Emblem, I suppose, because like all the battles take place like it's not like you go into like a and here they fight thing. It just like happens right on the, the screen. But um mm-hmm. tactically it's very fun so far and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna dig this. Um there's no permadeath or anything, which I I'm actually a big fan of because ultimately the permadeath is a cool idea, but like I said, it very rarely actually ends up becoming a thing that people play with, so not having it just kind of makes me focus more on the story and the tactics itself than like, like being terrified that one move is going to like decimate everything. You know what I mean? Like it it makes me feel like I can take a few more risks and like try new things a little more. Um, But you know, ultimately that just depends on what you prefer, right? If you're a big fan of that kind of permadeath thing, then you've got a billion fire emblems you can play. (laughs) It's all good. I also started playing Elden Ring. I'm on a March break right now. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking go for it. God damn. This game's good. And like, I've played Bloodborne before and I've played Dark Souls. So I'm not like completely new to this. So I knew what I was getting into, but yeah, like, it's not like it's a different game. Like it's still Dark Souls. Um, and like, I came up against like the first kind of, uh, cutscene boss. And I'm like, Oh shit. I got fucked. Um, <laughs> but uh <laughs> something that i really like in elden ring that i don't i don't know maybe some of the later dark souls did this but i don't remember this happening um what they do in this one is that so you know like your flasks are usually um replenished when you go to a a bonfire which in this case it's it's a grace area like the other thing called grace mm-hmm. but because it's open world um if you clear out an area with like a grouping of enemies after you clear out that entire area, you're like a number of your flasks will replenish. And it's like a really smart, interesting way of doing this because it does kind of encourage exploring and taking on things. Cause you're like, okay, maybe I'm a little low on flasks, but I know if I go clear out that encampment, um, I'll get my flask back without actually having to rest somewhere. So like if you're playing and you don't really want to reboot all the enemies, it's like, Oh, this is a nice way to kind of go and do that. So yeah i really dig it i'm playing as a um uh oh no what's a confessor the confessor class because it's kind of a mix of i've got a shield that does like 100 percent damage block and a broadsword and then also has some faith and like magic abilities it has a healing spell as well which is like pretty fucking useful um
2: yeah we're so, thinking that sounds like a faith class
1: yeah it's very much a faith class and i'm uh i'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Like it's for me, it's um, it feels like the right balance for me because like, I didn't want to go just like straight up melee. I wanted to have some abilities to use magic as well, but I also didn't want to just be like solely doing ranged attacks and stuff. Cause like the fun of dark souls is getting up in it, in that business and, you know, fighting um, at least for me, that's what I've always loved about it. You know, it's like getting up, blocking, parrying, dodging, uh, getting those good backstabs in. So um, yeah, I very much like it. I'm having a good time with it so far. I can see why people are digging it. So it's fucking gorgeous, like you walking through this game. And uh, I gotta say, you know, the fact that they don't give you a map when you start is so good. I like there's no there aren't a trillion little doodads and what's it's on my fucking map. <laughs> and I actually yeah. feel like I have to explore and find stuff. It's like when I played like, I don't know, even like, Moral Winter Oblivion for the first time when you had when you walk out and you don't really know where to go and so you just kind of like have to wander around and find things and it's just like that sense of exploration is really wonderful it's like you know you, you boot in a Far Cry or I don't know fucking Horizon or whatever and it's like you boot it in and then it's just like here are three million things you can go do and so it's like welcome you can go anywhere you want except maybe you should go to this 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 this, this you know and you're like ah where instead at Elder Ring I just look around and I was like, hey, what's that over there? I walk over and then you turn a corner and you're like, I don't like those big bat looking things. I'm out of here. You know? <laughs> or you see like two giant ogre things pulling a big fucking, you know, giant caravan. And you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know? like,
2: We're a dragon uh, because that's always fun.
1: Yeah, dragons and shit. And like, and then sometimes, you know, but like also like I took on a couple big uh, enemies that like, man, once you beat them, you just like, Yes, I am the champion. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it's a it's a really good time, and I'm gonna keep playing it. Um, though, weirdly enough, I might be getting a Wii U in a day or so because <laughs> someone mm-hmm. wants to uh, a buttermine wants Welcome to the club. I know a Butterbean wants to sell me his for like quite cheap, like under a hundred, which right now for me feels like a good price for it because I'm kind of like you know I feel like the Wii U is gonna be one of those like uh, items that's gonna be like it's just probably going to go up in price, you know? Um, And so I'm like, why I kind of want it is because I have a Wii, but the issue with the Wii is that I have to get an adapter in order to plug in for HDMI on my new TV. And so I was like, you know what? I might as well just get the Wii U, which... Then I can play the Wind Waker HD anyway, which I really want to play again. <laughs> and uh, hmm. can, I could just jailbreak it and fucking play Wii, GameCube, all those games on my you know nice TV instead. So I'm like, you know what? And I got that fucking GameCube adapter for the PC, but it also is for the Wii U. So I'm like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I might as well just have a Wii U around anyway. Fuck it, you know? Let's uh, let's just play all the goddamn consoles that I could possibly have. I have a problem, all right? I like consoles. <laughs> <laughs> And I also want to be able to play anything and everything that I want at all times. (laughs) So anyway, expect that probably in the next week or so. Uh, Rick, why don't you regale us? What's your life like?
0: Yeah, sure thing. So I'll start with multiplayer stuff. Um, I've been playing a bit more Risk of Rain 2. My brother now owns the game. So I've played quite a bit with him. um, He loves it as does everyone that I've played that game with, because it's really, really very good. Um, I've also played a little bit of the Survivors of the Void expansion. Um, Like what I've seen so far the new worlds, I haven't really played much um, with either of the new characters yet. So um, TBC on that one, but the base game still so fucking exceptional. Um, I think they've made it a little bit harder, because I found myself struggling at stage five, where Mm. I didn't struggle nearly as much previously. Um, Nevertheless, great game. Uh, we've also started playing Kiwi, which is a game I've alluded to a couple of times on the pod. Um, You basically play a a couple of little Kiwi birds and you're in a post office and you're like typing out letters and putting shit together and boxing up parcels and that. It's really good fun. Um, Almost the antithesis of It Takes Two in a lot of ways. It Takes Two picked up an idea, dabbled with it a little bit, threw it and then did something completely different. Kiwi is very iterative, so... We're mm. about a third of the game through now. Um, and with the exception of a couple of like one shot side um, levels, it has like four base level types and it changes things up with them each time. So uh, now there's a load of flies that like move things around to try and throw you off. Now uh, there's some vines growing into the post office. And if you don't pick the flowers quickly enough, they'll grab things that you have to disentangle or they'll grab you and the other birds gonna have to come and like peck you out. Um, I like that approach a lot in a different way um, because it makes you think a little bit about how you approach them. Um, It keeps things fresh, even though it's a bit more of a limited uh, tool set. This game also differs a lot from It Takes Two in that it's very specifically level-based and it has a bronze-silver-gold-medal system based purely on the time that you finish each level in. Um, And there's been quite a few levels where we've We've played them again and again and again and again to try and get that gold score. Um and it, it it's a little bit addictive in that sense. I think purely from like a, a mechanical game crafting standpoint, it takes two is clearly better. Mm. Um but we've we've definitely had more of an itch to play more Kiwi. Um so I I, I think for us they're probably both excellent in slightly different ways. Um but if, Really, really good game. Um, lots and lots of fun. If anyone's listening and looking for a co op game, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's wonderful for that. Um, so yeah, they're the two big multiplayer ones. Uh, in terms of single player stuff, I actually started playing The Witcher again hey. a lot. So, I this is slightly embarrassing when I went back and looked. My last save game was in November, so uh, it, it's been a hot minute. Um <laughs> Yeah, you're muted now, Alex, so I can't hear what you're saying.
1: Oh, God dang it. I said I was just laughing. I was like, and it's been on the podcast playing ever since.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's two kinds of approaches. There's, I'm going to come back to it soon. I'm going to put it in Retired. And there's, I'm going to come back to it soon. You best believe it's going to sit in the playing until then. Um, <laughs> so I, I played it for like five hours straight. Like I really got into it. And The problem that this game has is that there's a lot of onboarding. And it does an admirable job of stretching it out, but it does a less than admirable job of highlighting that this is kind of the tutorial, but it's going to end soon. Don't worry. So like the whole opening level in Kaer Moran, um, where you like sort of see the beginning of the story and learn some of the combat mechanics, um, is an elongated tutorial. I mean, that, that takes upwards of 40 minutes, maybe even an hour to get your way through. And then the moment that you get, to the next level part, Um, you're in like a small little gated area, which you think is the whole area. Um, And it does a little bit of conversation and, and stuff. And then I essentially put it down and stopped right before you leave the gates of that place and realize that, oh, no, I'm on the outskirts of a town called Vizima and there's a big fucking place that you can go and explore, get some more quests, do some actual combat, actually RPG that shit. Um, and once you get to that, it really does start to liven up. Um, there is a fair bit of like mid euro Eurojank to the setup. Like you don't actually really engage in the combat. You click yeah. the left mouse button and Geralt has a fight. Um, and you can maybe click it again to try and do like a bonus thing. So there, there is a little bit of involvement there. Conversely, you press spacebar at any time the game pauses so you can switch combat stance you can equip a new magic for your right click Um, for what it's worth the game really does sort of tie into that in its construction and the way that all those systems work so um, you have different upgrade paths for each of the three combat stances you have like a slow which is focused on pure damage output you have a fast which is focused on speed and actually connecting those attacks Uh, and you have a group stance so that's aimed at more like staving enemies off um you have separate things for each of those there is also a big emphasis on sort of being ready for fights so um having different oils that do things for different enemies which sword you equip um depends on what kind of damage you're going to do to human and non-human enemies uh you can pick up like non-witcher combat implements like the axe um or a little dagger or a torch which are supposed to use to light up areas but for mechanical reasons, it's a little bit janky for that. Um, the combat is not this game's strength, although it is still engaging and, and fun in its own right. The role-playing is really the draw here. Um, yeah. The dialogue is remarkably good. Uh, there's a very robust set of sort of interrelating question conversations, even as early as the game as I am. I, I've just started chapter two of, I think five plus an epilogue. Um, the inventory and the alchemy and the level up system all engage in different ways and they all sort of play into each other. Um It's not for everyone because it is uh, a bit of a learning curve in and even once you're in, while I like the combat, it is still kind of deficient. And while I like all of the options it gives you, there's definitely a level of obfuscation and, and, and complexity that doesn't need to be there. It's just because this game was uh, cobbled together on what I believe is the old Neverwinter Nights engine. It's like the the BioWare Aurora engine, but like a slightly updated version. Um, and it, you know, it, it's not an isometric CRPG. It's a big 3D open world ish RPG. Um, I also fucking love that when you drink alcohol, which is sometimes quest related. Um, your attacks become half as effective and you stagger with like a a fadey effect screen unless you equip a weapon, in which case you go full pelt like you've not been drinking at all. And uh, I had a couple of situations where I had to reload saves because for the sake of speed, um, I would grab my sword out and just start pelting it. And there was someone in the corner, like an NPC I needed to talk to. And because I'd run towards them with a sword, they then became hostile, and there was no way of me unhostiling. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, I've got to restart now, haven't I? Um, just tickled me no end, but I'm, I'm very much invested in this game now, and I'm glad that I tried it. I'm glad that I got back to it eventually. Um, came super cheap, so one that I suppose if you've got an interest in the genre or the lore, probably worth a revisit. Um, I played a bit more of Astral Chain. I'm on Chapter 4 of, I believe, 10 of that it's a little bit more linear than i thought it was going to be i think that's my expectation that was wrong but uh by midway through chapter 3 the combat actually starts to become a little bit more flexible um it's very very slow in sort of meeting out different things that you can do and different options definitely almost saw me bounce off the game which is a little bit frustrating um but once the training wheels mostly come off there is a lot of complexity to that system there's a lot to do there's a lot to have fun with Um, and I do really like what I've seen of the game, and hopefully it can sustain it for the rest of its runtime. Uh, I am also curious to see if you do get any more sort of world exploration because it's almost like um, open spaces but explored in a very linear way. Um, The other thing that annoys me with that setup is there are environmental things that it's very clearly signposted are things you have to come back to with a different legion. The legion is like the secondary character that's chained to you um, for anyone who's not played it or maybe seen screenshots. Different legions, which you can swap in and out as of around about chapter four, um, have different abilities, but there's stuff in the earlier chapters where it wants you to come back with a different legion. Kind of annoys me. Like if it's a big open world and you can come back later, sick. But what I think it's really expecting me to do is essentially replay the whole game file to go and take advantage of that. And I'm not, not a fan of that setup at all. So that's a little bit irksome. Otherwise, lots of fun. Um, I feel quite similar about Days Gone, which, again, I played a little bit more of. Um, I suppose with that, the difference is it doesn't really do much new. It's, as I said last time, kind of generic. Like, it's a very polished game. It all comes together so far. Um, but it, 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 if you're someone who plays many or even I'd hesitate to say any video games it's nothing you've not seen before um except in the combination of what's there and even then just barely um so that's kind of good fun um and then two more um I started Bloodstained Ritual of the Night for PC god you can tell it's a castlevania game like they they're not hiding it yeah <laughs> it's everything it does and that's not a complaint because I, I fucking love castlevania like it's Symphony of the night with a, a crystal girl as the protagonist and that is a okay by me because the gameplay is still pretty good i am thinking even at this point there's going to be a bit of an overload in all the abilities and, and items and alchemy and stuff that it throws you alex is nodding his head for those of you listening and i i know to be fair that some of the rng for pickups and stuff was a, a problem for both you and friend of the podcast let's talk about june um yeah. i expect that it might be a little bit of a a negative rub for me too but We'll see how it goes. Like the, the actual mechanics of it I really, really like. I'm I'm about an hour in. Yeah, it's um, a good
1: game, but for me it's it's not it, it's it's okay to good for me, you know? Not gonna...
0: Yeah, and, and I can totally get from what little I've played that it's gonna be a strong Metroidvania without being a must play Metroidvania. Yeah. Um but hey, it was it was a game that was very generously given to me for Christmas. So happy days. <laughs> Thank you again. Um, <laughs> and I am I am really liking what I've seen of it so far. Um, final game, Mario and Luigi: Partners in Time for the Nintendo DS. Um, I'm only an hour in, so only two things really to say. Firstly, it's a Mario and Luigi RPG, and, and it 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 does all the things that you would expect from that very well so far. Um, the The addition of the Little Brothers feels like it's just going to be more of a an extra faff then it's going to add, but we'll see how that goes. The other thing I should mention, because um, I don't think they did a good job of advertising it, this game is compatible with the rumble pack. Hmm. So, I've I've got my, my big boy DS, like the original model, I've got the game in the top, I've got the rumble pack in the bottom. Uh, rumble actually adds a lot to this game. Hmm. Like, versus the original Superstar Saga, so for anyone who's not played any of these games, you have active combat. Like, for example, when you use the jump attack, if you press the action button, at the point of your foot hitting the enemy's head, you do extra damage. Um, And what the game does when you've got the pack in is it gives you a little satisfying rumble when you've hit that properly. So there's that that element of force feedback. I mean, you wouldn't miss it if you didn't have it, but it adds a lot having it, if that makes sense. So big fan of that. I will talk more about it when I have more to say, because again, I'm I'm not very far into that. Conversely, we are very far into this episode. We're probably running a little bit over time, um
1: We've, we're do we way we have too verbose topic
0: or do we want to just yeah we got
1: through? time um we got time it's all good um like we're, we got, we're good um plus i don't really know how long this topic will be so hey who knows because <laughs> right now we're on um topic we want to talk about was inspired by tunic really it was instruction booklets where'd they go <laughs> um because i don't know about all y'all but like growing up the instruction booklet was like a holy grail whenever i got something it was just gorgeous like i loved looking pre-game
0: ritual you sit down you curl up with that before the game even goes in the cartridge slot
1: exactly especially if you were so like Mm -hmm. in my case growing up all the video game stores were um about a 30 minute drive away at least 30 and probably more like 40 some minutes and then back Mm -hmm. it would be more like an hour there and back right so um you'd get to there you'd buy the game you'd open it up and like obviously in the way back you read that goddamn instruction manual you know um and even if it was like a game boy game that i could play right away i'd still look at that instruction manual and like i have fond memories of like particularly the pokemon crystal and the pokemon red um manual guides the pokemon red manual guide is amazing because at the end it has the pokedex and it had a bunch of the pokemon but it left mm. some of them uh yeah so like you can and you can look at them all online now which is nice but like It had a bunch of them filled in, but then you could fill in the rest yourself. Um, And that was super fun. Like, I remember filling in the names of some of the others and even trying to draw some of them as, like, a kid. Uh, Amazing. And it was just, like... I don't know. Like, so... When I think about instruction book goods, I know that there is kind of this argument that, like, okay, well, you know, nowadays there's, like, digital copies, so, you know, you can't really have the game and whatnot. But, like, I... uh, part of me feels like it's even a better incentive to like actually pick up the game physically, though I know that a lot of these companies Mm. would rather that you just buy digitally because they get more of the cut. But I would think that's mostly just like the main publishers who actually, because I don't know, like I think about like a developer, I don't think they give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just buy my game, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, and like there was something so wonderful about having this because it's official art right like and that's the thing where yeah okay there's incredible cool nowadays online guides and stuff but I think about a game like Elden Ring where you know everybody in the fucking planet who basically goes into that game looks up some kind of like starting guide you know like because people want to figure out like okay how do I get into this what's a good kind of build and like Whereas back in the day, I'd had something like Knights of the Old Republic. They had at the back of their manual, all the classes had all of like the stats laid out for you in like these excellent charts that you could compare with each other. And it's like, man, if Elden Ring came with a little booklet that was like, Hey, this is what all the stuff means. And like here's what they are. So that instead of like, yeah, in the game, they've built in things where you can press and get you press like a button, it says explanation, and you can read it. And that's really nice and awesome. And like obviously it'd be great to still have that. But having this like physical booklet with you as well is so useful. It's nice to be able to just look through and go, like, oh, that's the thing that I need. All right, cool. And like, I don't know, man. I just miss it. I just miss that shit. <laughs> I get that.
2: Yeah, same here, like. Um, I didn't get to do that with many games when I was a when I was a child because well mm. I didn't have many consoles and mostly PC games, so I do remember flipping through the book list of first of all the scenes and also since I got the um like the dual pack of the work of Warcraft 3 and Warcraft 3 Frozen Throne, those have strategy guides like straight up the strategy guides and I don't know where they are uh, in in this mess of of a room but I really enjoy going through them because they have like tips on how to 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 go through the campaign of the game but also they have like okay these are the units each class has this is like the tech tree of the of the of the whole game and This is like, which units are stronger against which, like they really put a lot of effort on walking you through potentially your first strategy game. The same thing with Age of Empires 2 and yeah, Age of Empires 2, not 3, where I still have that lion around that is like this giant, um like I guess folded tech tree that you can like just unfold and it is like a super big map of everything in the game it is amazing so and the one I guess the one game genre that kind of like kept it up until they decided hey let's put this like in-game were fighting games because well you have to know like all the combos to like properly play the game which um i was uh, checking through my i was like playing through every like all the guys um on my bookshelf like earlier and the persona for arena and persona for arena ultimax have like very detailed information on how to play the game
1: and like yeah and that's this- awesome but it's also so cumbersome within a game you know like i'm glad that it's in there and it's nice but like when i think of a fighting game too you reminded me it's like man when you try to navigate to find those combos fucking kill me like because then you have to look at it and it's like all right i better i hope i remember that shit when i (laughs) when i click on this menu (laughs) versus like if i just had that nice there in front of me i could be like oh there it is you know and like god damn i wish i just so wish that this and i know that some of them do this like digital fucking manual thing but even then when they do the digital manuals when you actually click on it to find out what the digital manual is it's usually just like the fucking warranty and warning stuff Um and like that's basically it you're like oh there Assuming it is
0: still up. I went to play yeah. a PS4 yeah. game recently went to read the instructions and said 404 this user or whatever code right. inside, inside, this web domain might be up for purchase Um I don't so much mind the way that 3DS did it where At least the digital manual is like tied to the game and it's offline and you have it, but it's never quite the same. And see, that's really cool.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. And that that is kind of cool though. Like I kinda like like even if, if if I can't get those physicals back, even if I could get something that you're saying where like it's tied to the game offline, like that to me is cool. Like even if I could I don't know, but even then it's like something about being able to have it, like even if I could even if I could open it on my phone, I'd be pretty happy. Have know?
0: it separately, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Just having like... it separately and, and it's not gonna be given to you separately in an accessible form. I found myself doing that with a few DS games when I've downloaded ROMs and what have you. Like Nintendo are pretty good. There's some other sites that are pretty good for like having scanned the old ones in. Um it's never quite the same, but it's close enough. Um and Nintendo have like a weird slapdash policy where some they upload, some they don't. So yeah. It's always a bit of a 50-50 one. Um, yeah, it, it it's sad. I get it, but it's sad. Um, and it's it's a dicey world now with some of the limited edition ones where they have an instruction manual. Yeah. Uh, they they're not all created equal. Some of them have oh. real care and attention put into them. So like um Cosmic Star Heroin, um, when I played that, um, I was lucky enough to get one of the limited run physicals of that for Vita. It was a beefy manual for for a platform which very rarely had manuals to start with. It was like a sixty page book, book but um, black and white, admittedly, but like that's a fair concession at that stage. Profiles of every single character you have, outlines some of their abilities, pages for every single world you reach, just all of the detail that you'd hope and expect for. Uh, I then also had a copy of Teslagrad, which is one of, if not the worst limited edition of anything I've ever had mm-hmm. for reasons mm-hmm. that we somewhat outlined last time. Um, it had a, a four-page pamphlet that like outlined the controls, and that was kind of it. And, you know, the controls are what I want, but like yeah. th- there's ways of not putting any effort in without it being quite so fucking obvious.
1: Yeah. <sighs> I know. Yeah, and like, oh, yeah.
2: I was going to say, it's kind of sad that the instruction manual or strategy guys, right? Like right now is like usually comes with only like the or day one edition or like the limited edition because that stuff was used to be included and now we have to pay extra to have it though to be fair like in cases of like Chimamitense 4 where you have like an actual book
0: with if you're in north america where you got a physical release
2: Mm. (laughs) i am sorry rick but the special edition has like this 178 page book with like pretty much like any kind of information every bit of information you will ever need to like if you want to i don't know like properly play the game working like all the secrets mm. or anything like that but the 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 digital version of like the physical cartridge has the manual like tied to the cartridge, for example, and you can access it on on your 3DS. The thing is, sometimes if I'm playing, I don't know, anything involving strategy or like dive matchups or anything like that, I kind of want to be able to see the thing while I'm playing and not have to like get out of the game You're
1: and then right see back.
2: it and go right back. Like at that point, I just grab my phone.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like... Yeah, Oh, I was gonna say and obviously, you know, the reality is like now we have all these walkthroughs and whatnot. So like, online, there's walkthroughs and stuff. And like, those are great, right? And like, ultimately, they can exist alongside something like this, too. But like, the reality is that most of them are usually text based. And fine, you know what I mean? Like, some are really good. Others are just kind of okay. Um, because like these strategy guys had like dedicated teams behind them and like the graphics work on them are usually really nice. You know, like I think even of the, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of wild North America, like the, the guide that came along with earthbound, gorgeous, had all of these like maps going through. And like, I think too, even on my phone right now, using the Majora's mask, I wish I could have a physical of it. Um, I almost got my hands on one for like pretty cheap here, but the guy just never responded. I was like, damn it. Um, but, uh the way that they put them together, it's just really, really beautiful and nice to look at, honestly, you know? And, like, I think of Golden Sun, The Lost Age. Like, I remember its instruction book that I loved looking at it because what it also would do is it gives you... um and, and, again, I know this is partially nowadays. It's not as important. But, like, for games that had kind of pixel art, which, you know, there's still a lot of those now, you could see what their character designs were meant to look like, right? And, like, I think mm-hmm. of, it like, in... In, like, Golden Sun, The Lost Age, for instance, in the manual itself, you can see, a like, Felix, you know, in his, f- like, full, like, drawn look. And, like, all the characters like that instead of in their pixel versions. And so, it's kind of, like, for me, as a, I, it was this chance of being, like, oh, that's what he's supposed to look like. Cool, you know? And, like, I don't know. Again, obviously, in the NES era, too, and even, I think, early Game Boy like, as as someone who's been playing Game Boy games, you quickly realize that, like, you need to download the manuals for all those games that you're trying to play, because they're not gonna fucking yep. teach you what to do. Um, which, in some ways, I also love, because it's like, okay, I'm just gonna read this manual real quick, and then I'm gonna play the game, and I don't have to worry about no, no fucking boring-ass tutorial, because there's another issue, right? Which Elden Ring does kind of jump over by allowing you to skip its tutorial, but, like, you know, in a game, it's like, okay, you either make somebody play through it, or you could just let them kind of read and learn how it works on their own and go have fun. So I don't know, I think sometimes we've like moved and there's like this consensus that like, oh, they're not needed anymore. Or it's kind of an obsolete way of doing it. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not sure that it is really like, it's kind of nice that like, take a second to look at um, how something works before you jump in. But I don't know. Teach his own. as well.
2: skip all the all the tutorial parts on Xenoblade Chronicles too, and read the fucking manual without interrupting your gameplay. But that's the other
0: argument, right? Like the idea is that the uh, the instruction manual is an anachronism. Uh, the game tells you all the things that formerly, mm-hmm. you know, if you go way back to a NES, there just wasn't the cartridge space to tell you like that. That's why we got them in the first place. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that viewing ignores the the sort of pregame ritual. It ignores. Um, the benefits of having like something in paper and something to refer back to and read alongside it ignores the um, the brevity, it ignores the the nice art and the stuff that you can do with it I do have some sympathy for that because I know in myself um, the timing of me sort of transitioning to playing a lot more on PC was around the same time you know when the 3DS and the Vita came out um, the last generation of consoles your PS4s, your Xboxes, you were uh, we use in switches, it's around that time that manuals were disappearing anyway. Yeah. Um and between tutorials and um the options that you would normally have to remap keys and things like that in in game, because you know, basically every PC game's digital at this point. Mm-hmm. I actually found I didn't really miss them. Like, I didn't find myself thinking, shit, I would have found that in an instruction manual. I do miss the ritual of them though. I do miss having something to hold. Yeah. Um and games like Cosmic Star Hero and more recent ones where they've had booklets that come with them. Um, As Paul kind of mentioned, Ellie's often have that kind of stuff baked in. Um, It's moments like that when you have it again that you realize what you've lost. Um,
1: Yeah. I was just going to add too, I think I miss them more now actually, because you're right. Like I think in the 360 era, I didn't miss it as much, Um, but I feel like I miss them more now because even in the 360 era, when I think about it, it's like, I kind of needed a lot of those tutorials, but nowadays I'm like, I enter a game and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Are you going to fucking make me play this tutorial? You know? And I'm like, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Where I get to this point where I was like, I kind of wish that I just had a little booklet where if I need help, I could just check it out, you know? Um, Which obviously games can still mitigate that and fix that and change that. But yeah, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes, like you say, we, we, we look at some of these older, elements as if they are, like I said, uh, anachronisms that are no longer needed, where it's like, oh, well, they actually did serve a purpose. And there are elements of them that I think could stick around and like, not necessarily have to be completely destroyed. And like you said, maybe something along the lines of having uh, something that you can use on your, your app even. like Just give me a PDF of some shit. I don't know.
0: Uh, that sounds too much like common sense. That won't happen. I know, right? Ultimately, <laughs> the ship failed. Like, yeah. Not, not to, to leave it on a downer note, that ship has sailed. Yeah. um Speaking there, of things, we met. Oh, n- yeah. oh, sorry, go on. I was gonna say though there, have a, there is away. quite a bit of
1: a resurgence in like I think physical um, media around these things. Like I think about all the kickstarting mm. and stuff, that's happened, and like limited run games and all that stuff. So there's hope yet, but it's a niche yeah.
0: hope. <laughs> and if, if you miss <laughs> that is. run, there is no PDF of it because you've got a vanishing yeah. small pool, none of whom have a real incentive to scan them. Yeah. And that that's what's kind of suck, sucky because you're yeah. gonna go from a situation where everyone had them. So no one had them to you know they exist but you don't have access to them and i and think god, that, that's
1: the really hard part i was gonna say god bless all the people who have freaking scanned all these old game boy game boy advance <laughs> friggin doing the lord's word they yeah. really are really are all right shall we move now, on to
0: killed my segway what's gonna say, your say speaking <laughs> of things we've been missing our audience has been missing its weekly dose of how long to beat the game nice
1: rick (laughs) your turn Um, i am the
0: hostess with the mostest this week so yes um on that i have already got the game ready it's flat
1: oh sorry can you repeat that that one more one time sorry
0: human fall flat
1: Oh, you, Oh, I know this game. Okay, all right. Uh, now, while, uh,
0: while our two contestants are deciding the times and sending them to me and only me, uh, a reminder for the new format of this game. Um, each week, one of us is going to be hosting. We're going to randomize the game. Um, the other two are going to be playing. They're going to message their times for main completion, main plus, and 100% to me. Um, for each... There is a point up for grabs for the person who gets the closest to that number versus the um, how long to beat website times for those categories. Um, I will then also elect a different category, mm. um, which this week uh, is going to be the percentage retired of this game. Whoever gets closest to that gets two points. So there's a total of five points up for grabs um, in this game um if there is sort of a tie break on any of those numbers both people get the points we're not going to price it right it'd be really really mean we're just going to give both the points um now that maybe is enough time for you guys to send me uh what you're doing it isn't
1: almost i'm almost there <laughs> clearly yeah.
0: a lot of thinking going on
1: yeah oh, thank you i'm trying to remember um um uh okay you know what all right all right all right i think I've... i'm
2: just looking at the trailer right now to know what the hell mm-hmm. this is about
1: <laughs> i don't know if it's
2: gonna be oh. oh no this is not gonna be like useful for the audience because this is gonna go live like later okay i've sent yeah. off one but it is currently on sale
1: Okay uh i'm gonna do god i don't even know what's like a high retired percentage or not i don't know okay all right i'm done i sent mine
2: i'm gonna send mine right now
1: okay i don't feel like it's a long game but i also don't know if this is one of those games that could have a lot of like hundred you know what i mean like it's like is this one of those ones that like is it, is it kind of infinite? I don't know. <laughs> I just know it's physical. I'll be real.
0: When I, when I clicked on this game, I confused mm-hmm. it with a game called Gang Beast, which has a very similar style, but it's multiplayer only, I believe. Yeah. It's kind of like a Smash Bros. type thing. This seems like it has a co op component, but it's more like um, a good job style sort of um
1: Yeah.
2: Wait, Rick, I'm going to change a thing, thing. So don't say anything yet, okay? You're changing it. Uh-oh. How
1: okay. dare you?
0: <laughs> there. All right. You're lucky I'm a magnanimous host. I'm going to let those changes stand, but you're both locked in time wise yes. now. So, um, ooh. oh, do we do
2: the the extra round right now or later? Uh,
0: just do send it, it me Rick's now, we're going to do it at the end. I, I, I wouldn't okay. normally introduce it that early, but it's just while I was mm-hmm. teeing everything up. So, um, Maine, Alex has put seven hours, Paula has put six hours. And I have to tell you, Paola's bang on. It's six hours. Oh,
1: damn. All right, Yay. good work. <laughs> so, that's one uh, point for Paula.
0: Yeah. It's just a, a perk of the new format. You would have both got points under the other rules, but no, no chance this time. Uh, main plus, Paula has put 14 hours. Alex has put 13 hours. The actual answer is 10 and a half hours. Ooh. So that's one point for Alex, one point apiece. Nice. Uh, and the completionist time, Alex has put 20 hours. Yeah. Paula has put thirty hours. Uh, the actual answer is twenty-one and a half hours. Hey, so Alex significantly closer. That's two to Alex, one to Paula. Uh, <laughs> it's all to play for for today uh, with that retired number. So, has Paula given me a percentage? She certainly has. So, uh, Paula says ten percent retirement. Alex says twenty-seven percent retirement. <laughs> I
1: have no oh. idea if that's higher or not. <laughs>
0: It's phenomenally high. I'll be okay. real. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the actual percentage retired is nine percent.
1: Okay. Well, so, hey, Paula.
0: Paula turns it around. That's the final score today: of three points for Paula, two points for Alex. Yeah, which means Victory I've got five total. Draws a defeat. Five total, indeed. And Rick and Paula both um, have
1: three.
0: Yes. Yeah. Because we've well, Paula's played two rounds. I've only played the one now. In fact, the, no. 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 You no. Played you've one. played two rounds. I've played. Two. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. There you go. Because
1: so next week it'll be you and Paula,
0: And at the end of that, essentially yeah. we'll have a, a full stack yeah. score
1: Which of each one. someone mentioned, and I think this is what we should do, is that um, they said the winner should get to decide a themed month for us of like a games that we have to play. So instead
0: so of... Otter maybe,
1: but also Otter maybe not. Exactly. So, you know, whoever gets yeah, to maybe, maybe 20 <laughs> points first or something like that. Like, does that make sense? Or it should be fifteen points. I don't know. Let's figure let's find out.
0: Let us know what you think it should be. And if you think we should Maybe. have a different challenge and what number point you think it should or shouldn't be, in the comments down below, right next to the like
1: button. Fifteen might make other sense because we, we don't
2: do have a lot of money is is left. Yeah. Or I think we could do is have like a set amount, like a full rounds uh, go, like that each might of be the like play play play. a set number of, of okay. rounds. of friends. And say so if, if we hit nine total players
0: we've each done three full loops is that what you mean paula yeah like- yeah I, i'm leaning towards that actually i think that that keeps it a bit more even because other, otherwise in essence alex you and i have a slight advantage because our our game week is first in the three
1: right yeah well i was thinking actually cuz maybe do we just do six full rounds like uh because then that'll be may
0: which is what paula's basically saying so yeah, yeah that I, the, I think we're in agreement on that. And that's what we'll do.
1: Yeah, we'll do a full <laughs> six rounds. And then whoever's got the most points at the end of that gets is the winner. And we'll keep doing that each time until we see what happens. Nice. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.
2: Bye.